Hello friends. What's the drizzy? How are you? You good? I hope so. This very special episode of House of Rondog is brought to you by Straight Crates. You all got a Straight Crates Valentine's Day pack, didn't you? They were dope, weren't they? The kind of thing that you want to write home to your mama about. Well, now you don't need to write home. You can pick up the Straight Crates Ultimate Mother's Day gift pack, which includes a mug with tea, coffee and biscuits, handmade soap and a bath bomb, a Bellini cocktail and a set of instructions on how to build it, and of course, a bottle of straight and narrow cocktail with 13 different options to choose from, so whatever your mum's into, Straight Crates has got her covered. Local deliveries, unless otherwise requested, will be delivered to you between the 12th and 13th of March, and national deliveries will be sent out on March 10th for arrival on the 11th or 12th of March. You want to get your ultimate Mother's Day pack ordered now to give your mother the day that she deserves. It is the least that you can do for trashing her vag. Besides this, you can of course still pick up a range of beers, snacks, what I believe are the best cocktails on the planet, and even merchandise from their website. I wear the um, I wear the Make Daiquiris Not War t-shirt to work out. It's a great fit. Makes my arms look really big. Makes me feel like a freak. That t-shirt makes me feel like fucking Brock Lesnar throwing a kettlebell around. Just a jacked fucking mutant of a man. Get that shirt if you want to feel like Have Four Bjornsson. So good. I may or may not have gone a little bit off track. Head on over to straightcrates.co.uk, straight spell S-T-R-A-I-T, to place your order today. That's straightcrates.co.uk, S-T-R-A-I-T, to place your order today, straight crates. Don't let mum miss out. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get straight into it. I present to you the second episode of Storytime. Today's tale, Jack and the Beanstalk. There was once a boy named Jack, a young, reckless, and slightly dim boy who lived at home with his widowed mother. Several years ago, Jack's father had gone missing after taking a laptop to PC World for repairs, and the police called the house regarding the contents of his hard drive. He was eventually presumed dead. Jack's wild and careless attitude towards life had increasingly taken its toll on the family funds. Whether it was paying to replace a neighbour's flock of sheep after an experiment with a book of matches went wrong, or investing in short stocks that he'd been told about by people who didn't actually know how to trade, money was becoming short. Money was so short, in fact, that the family were left with only two real possessions. The house they lived in, and Bessie, their cow, who lived in the yard. It was a typical Tuesday morning, and Jack was laying in bed. The sun began to beam through the window and across his face, waking him up. Oh, Jesus Christ, that's bright. Oh, that's bright, that's bright, that's bright. Wake up, Jack! Shouted Jack's mother from downstairs. Bessie's tits are looking hefty, and Mama's thirsty! <sighs> Fuck me, Jack whispered to himself. Jack made his way downstairs and began fixing himself breakfast, placing two wheat biscuits into a bowl and sitting at the kitchen table. Forgetting something? Asked Jack's mother. Jack let out a sigh. Uh, will you please do it today? I've been on milking duty for a week now. My wrist is killing me. Yeah. Jack's mother replied sarcastically. That's why it's killing you. Well, what's that supposed to mean? Asked Jack. Listen, go milk the fucking cow or that Weetabix will become Yeetabix very fucking quickly. Jack sighed once more, stood up and headed outside. Morning, Bessie, Jack said to the cow. I'll have two pints of semi-skimmed if you wouldn't mind. Jack had told that same joke to Bessie every morning for the last two years, 
Bessie didn't understand English, but even she was sick of it. Jack began the milking process, giving Bessie a good firm squeeze, but to Jack's confusion, nothing was coming out. What's the matter, girl? Jack said to the cow, who, I say again, didn't speak English, because she was a cow. Jack persisted in trying to get a single drop out of Bessie, to no avail. So, Jack walked back into the house, where his mother was pouring a straight crates old-fashioned from a small glass bottle into a coffee cup to disguise her blatant problem with alcoholism, and she was given a small fright when she noticed Jack. Not me, Jack, Jesus. Sorry, I didn't mean to startle you. What's up? Asked Jack's mother. Where's the milk? Well, I tried to milk Bessie, but, but nothing's coming out. Ugh, are you having a laugh? Brilliant, cow's fucked. What shall we do? Jack's mother thought for a moment, then took a long sip of her coffee. Oh, fuck me, that's strong. What? Nothing. Listen, take the cow to the market, flog it as fast as you can. Don't tell anybody its tits are broken, just make sure you get a decent price for it. Don't worry, Mum, replied Jack. I'll milk them dry. <sighs> just take the fucking cow to the market, Jack. So Jack made haste to the market with Bessie. A little sad to be selling what had become a member of the family, but also at peace that he was going to get some money to support both him and his mother. He approached the market's cattle dealer, remembering the advice his mother had given him, not to mention that Bessie couldn't produce milk. Good afternoon, Jack exclaimed to the dealer. Well, howdy there, young man, replied the cattle dealer. What can I be doing for y'all today? Well, I'm actually here to sell our cow. I see. And what's making you part with the fine lady? Well, her tits are bro, her tits are bro juicing too much milk and we just can't handle it. The dealer looked Jack dead in his eyes. Well, that right there is a barefaced lie, young man. I know broken tittied beef when I see it. And that right there is a mangled milker. Fuck, replied Jack. Do you know of anybody that might buy her? Matter of fact, I do. Real shady character. Hangs around the playgrounds. Known to have a <clears throat> craving for creatures. Go see him. But keep your eyes on his hands and keep your belt a whole tighter, boy. Got it, replied Jack. Thank you. Jack walked to the playground with Bessie and could see the outline of a man standing in the bushes. He wore a long trench coat and kept his hood up, obscuring his face. Jack approached him. Sorry, uh, are you the man that buys cattle? Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not, answered the man. Well, are you? Yeah. The strange man took a good look around the cow, paying particular attention to its udders. Jack kept his mouth shut, hoping the man wouldn't pick up on the milking problem. Mm, she's a fine beast. I've not got cash, the man said, but I can offer you something better. Okay, replied Jack. The man opened his hand to display five beans, all of different color. These are beans. Magic beans. You take one if you want to go dancing. Take two if you want to sleep. Take all five if the world gets too much. Jack realized he wasn't going to get anything better for the cow. Deal. Thank you. Quite welcome. Now go, son. Leave me with her. No problem. Thanks again. Jack began walking away. Fucking weirdo. Hope he hasn't got kids. Jack returned home, pleased as punch that he'd managed to get something, anything, for Bessie. I'm home, shouted Jack, closing the front door behind him. Yeah, 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 whatever. How much did you get for it? Well, it's not how much, but rather what did I get for it? Oh, Jack, save me the fucking riddles. Just give me the cash so I can go get us some food. Jack held his hand open and presented the five magic beans to his mother. What the fuck am I looking at? They're beans, replied Jack. The man said that they're magic. Jack's mother took a moment to absorb what he'd just told her. 
You sold our cow for five fucking beans. Tell me you're joking. Tell me you're joking. Well, the cattle dealer noticed her tits were ruined, Jack said, his head falling slowly. I felt like I was getting a good deal. The only good deal you got is I didn't throw myself down the stairs when I was pregnant with you. Now fuck off to bed. And if you think you're getting dinner after showing up here with five fucking beans, you're shit out of luck. Jack's mother snatched the beans from his hand, tossed them out the window, and began pouring herself a straight crates porn star martini, her tenth of the day. Now piss off. Jack went up to bed, dejected and hurt. He knew he couldn't have gotten a better deal for Bessie, but still felt like he could have done more. He closed his eyes and drifted off to sleep, hoping that tomorrow would be a better day. Night turned into morning and the sun began to rise. But today, the early morning light didn't shine through Jack's window. Something was obscuring it. Because of this, Jack woke up a little later than usual and at first he panicked that he hadn't milked Bessie. Thankfully, he quickly realised that he'd sold her in exchange for five beans. What a dickhead. Jack walked downstairs and noticed his mother sat with her head on the kitchen table, completely passed out. Fuck's sake, said Jack. That Weetabix will become Yeetabix, he murmured, mocking his mother. Jack walked into the living room, opened the curtains and glanced outside. Holy fuck. An enormous beanstalk had erupted from the ground in the exact spot that the beans had landed when his mother had thrown them out. A beanstalk so big it shattered through the clouds in the sky. Jack stared in awe at the Goliath stood in front of him. I told her they were magic, Jack said, beaming from ear to ear. Jack donned his coat and shoes and quickly made his way outside. The sheer size of the beanstalk was almost indescribable, which makes doing an audiobook like this pretty difficult, I'm not going to lie to you. Jack weighed up his options. He could wake his mother, but let's be real, that probably wouldn't have ended well. He could contact the press, but no doubt somebody would turn it into a sign from Jesus sort of thing. Or the local media would give the beanstalk some silly name like Beanie. Jack had one other option, and it was the only option that made sense. Jack was going to climb the beanstalk. He grabbed onto the beanstalk and began shimmying his way upwards. Jack had watched plenty of Bear Grylls, so he knew what he was doing. And before long, he was in a world far, far different to his own. Jack climbed to the very top of the beanstalk and found himself in a mystical new land high up in the clouds. The clouds magically provided a solid surface under Jack's feet, allowing him to stand and walk safely. In the distance, Jack could make out the figure of a big castle. A very, very big castle. Well, I mean, I've come this far, what can go wrong? Said Jack as he began walking in the direction of the monumental structure. The closer Jack got to the castle, the more imposing it became. This seems unnecessarily big. Typical one percenters, nobody human-sized would ever require a castle this big, Jack said to himself in a wonderful demonstration of both anti-capitalist discourse and literary foreshadowing. Jack eventually found himself standing at a pair of enormous wooden doors at the front of the castle, and with all his might, he pushed them open a crack, just enough for him to fit through. The interior of the castle was like that of a palace. The floors were marble, the chandeliers were diamond, the rivets were gold, and Jack was no bigger than an ant, trying to comprehend the vast space in front of him. 
All of a sudden, Jack's train of thought was derailed by some deep thumping noises, almost like explosions coming from outside. They were footsteps, big footsteps, and they were getting closer. Jack began running as fast as he could across the gigantic marble flooring, trying to find a place to hide from whatever was approaching. He nestled himself behind a large sack, grow up, and tried to calm his breathing. Then, the big wooden doors that Jack had squeezed his way into suddenly flew open. Jack peeked from behind the sack, come on, and his mouth opened widely. Really? At what he saw. It was a man, but not like Jack had ever seen. A man befitting the size of the castle Jack was hiding in. A man who made the tallest tree look like a blade of grass. A man who could only be described as a giant. Fee-fi-fo-fum. I smell the blood of an Englishman. Be he alive or be he dead. I'll grind his bones to make my bread. With his reckless attitude, Jack couldn't resist having a pop at the big man. I thought it was only strippers that grind men's bones to make their bread, Jack shouted. The giant suddenly looked in Jack's direction and their eyes met. Bollocks, said Jack. Good gag though. Jack came from behind the sack and began to sprint, immediately being pursued by the giant who was gaining ground on him. Jack found a small crevice in a wall, far too small for anything other than a tiny insect, and squeezed his way through it. The crevice led to another room. Jack took a moment to regain his breath and composure. I'm in deep shit here, said Jack. He took another couple of deep breaths before lifting his head and looking at the room he had found himself in. A room filled with gold. Jesus, exclaimed Jack. Why, this must be all the gold in the world. Jack began to hatch a plan. He needed to escape and he needed money to rectify that monumental fuck-up with the cow a few chapters ago. He found a teeny coin purse on the floor and decided to fill his pockets and the purse with as much gold as possible and absolutely peg it. The gold was heavy. Jack would have to escape on adrenaline alone or risk being weighed down and the giant giving him a lap dance apparently. With his pockets stuffed and his sack full to the brim, last one I promise. Jack squeezed through the crevice once more, back into the room in which he'd escaped the giant and began sprinting. He made it just a couple of meters before those booming words filled the castle once more. The footsteps of the giant began shaking the foundations of the castle as Jack forced his way back through the enormous wooden doors and began running across the clouds towards the beanstalk. Stay away, you bone-grinding bastard, yelled Jack as he jumped onto the beanstalk and began sliding down as if on a fireman's pole, thinking it would deter the giant. But he thought wrong. The giant continued chasing Jack down the beanstalk. Jack began sliding and shimmying faster and faster until the ground was in sight. Jack could see his home and coming from the door was his mother. Jack! What the fuck? Jack's mother yelled from what felt like a mile below. M magic beans! Beanstalk! Stripper giant! Jack's mother took a moment before responding. What? 
Get the axe! Yelled Jack, making his way closer to the ground. Get the axe! I'll, I'll chop it! I'll chop it down before he gets me! Why should I do anything for you after you traded our cows and fucking beans? You are the biggest mistake I've ever made, Jack! The biggest! You and that shitbag pedophile father of yours! I'm glad he's dead! I wish it had been both of you! I wish it had been both of you! I have gold! Shouted Jack. So much gold! Pockets! Sack! Full of gold! Where did you say the axe was, sweetheart? Jack landed on the ground and his mother handed him the axe, and Jack began chopping ferociously at the base of the beanstalk. Fee-fi-fo! Yes, mate, blood and bread, we get it, give it a rest. Jack kept chopping to the final green thread of the beanstalk until it was sliced through entirely, and just like that, with the giant clinging to it, the beanstalk began to fall. Fee-fi-fo-fuck! The giant came plummeting to the ground, to his death. Thank God for that, said Jack, turning to his mother. I suppose you want to know what happened. Oh, Jack, sweetie, I'm just so happy you're okay, where's the gold? What? Nothing, sweetie. Here, let me take the sack from you. It looks like it's heavy. You're a real piece of shit, Mum. So the giant had been slain, and Jack and his mother were comfortable for the rest of their lives living off of the gold that Jack had technically stolen from the giant after illegally invading his home and killing him without mercy. What an awful, awful story with absolutely no lesson other than stealing things and literally killing someone is actually okay as long as the only person it's really hurting is scary or different. They teach this shit in schools. This is one of the most famous fairy tales of all time. Like, what kind of message is that sending out? Ooh, big scary man. I'm gonna fucking murder him. Jesus. Oh, oh. And they all lived happily ever after.